Durant to Golden State, Damon to the Yankees, and now Maxwell to the Sooners. I'm Matt Jordan. Welcome into the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And Kelly Maxwell, who was in the transfer portal, has decided that she will stay in-state and go play for the Bedlam rival OU, joining a school, a program, a coach that has won back-to-back-to-back national championships, has won five of the last seven national championships, with the uh, dating back to 2016 with the COVID year being canceled. So Oklahoma and Patty Gasso have landed an absolute star to replace Jordy Ball. Maxwell, probably the best left-handed pitcher in college softball, one of the best pitchers overall in college softball, and you hate to see this as an Oklahoma State fan, and I'm sure a lot of the reactions for Oklahoma State fans is anger or annoyance or... You know, being upset and, you know, screw Kelly Maxwell. But that's that's not how I believe the fans should react. Because they should appreciate Maxwell for what she was, not focus on her leaving. And what I believe is a big part in this transfer decision, because we knew she was transferring. That has been decided. A lot of people thought maybe Florida State, I'd heard Clemson was a possibility. Did never think that she would transfer to rival OU. That hurts. But they overworked Maxwell last year. I really questioned, you can go back to listen to the podcast episodes during that skid of of Oklahoma State when softball really kind of fell apart. I felt like the decision-making by Gajewski could have been better and that they really overused, overworked Maxwell, especially at the end of the year. And you could see it. She was fatigued in certain matchups. She injured her pinky at one point, and they kind of forced her to, uh, you know, pitch through that. And I don't blame Maxwell for transferring because of that. I just, I did not like the decision-making. And Maxwell was still great last year. 191 ERA, 106 whip. She was uh, 16 and 7. A lot of those seven losses were not even her fault. Uh, 142 and two thirds innings pitched. She struck out 229 batters. Uh, she she had uh, nine complete games. She was just a great all around pitcher for the Cowgirls, and it it sucks to see her leave. It's awful. It it it's um and it's gonna suck to see her in crimson and cream on the other side of the field when Bedlam comes around, because you know you're going to have to face her at some point. You, you'll know at one of those three games in that series where you, you'll play OU and quite possibly a playoff uh, appearance as well, because even with Maxwell leaving, this team's still uh, a World Series contender. But it's going to suck. But, but don't be mad at Maxwell. Don't don't be mad at Maxwell. Don't say she's a traitor or Benedict Arnold. I know I lumped her in with with some other rivalry traitors or just traitors in general, Kevin Durant and Johnny Damon. And uh, I'm sure a lot of OU fans are getting Brad Underwood vibes after Underwood was here just a year. Don't lump her in with that because it had nothing to do with transferring ODU. This isn't about sticking it to Oklahoma State. This isn't about, you know, She's mad at the program, so she's going to the rival. This is about Kelly Maxwell going to the best place for her to end her historic career. She has one year left. She's done a lot as a college softball player. 
Uh, she was Big 12 Co-Pitcher of the Year in 2022. She was first-team All-Big 12 and All-Region Honors in three consecutive seasons, 21, 22, and 23. Uh, a lot of places around the college softball atmosphere have her as one of the best, if not the best, lefty pitcher in the game. Um, I've I've always thought she was one of the best pitchers in, in the nation. This is about her going to a place to end her historic college softball career and ending it with a national championship. And like it or not, as Cowgirl fans, OU is the best place to do that. I just mentioned they've won three in a row, they've won five of the last seven, and Gasco has six as a head coach. And they return a lot from last year. They lose Jordy Ball, who now that they replace Maxwell with. So that pitching staff is going to be really good. You know the hitting is good. And so I don't blame Maxwell one bit. I don't blame her at all for this transfer. And and because, frankly, she deserves it. Now, on the other side of that, do I want to beat her when we play Bedlam? Absolutely. Do I want us to win the College World Series next year? And so she she has to sit there and, and go, well, if I'd have stayed, I'd have got what I wanted anyway. Of course. But I'm not mad at her for leaving. Because she was mistreated last year, in my opinion. And she was misused. And that won't have to happen. It won't need to happen. It's like Gajewski only trusted her. And that's a lot of pressure on a college athlete. Even one as great as she was. That's a lot of pressure. Maxwell's been stunning in her years at Oklahoma State. 58-20, and 20, 158 ERA, 746 strikeouts in 494 and two-thirds innings of work. Opponents have a 158 batting average against her and a strikeout-to-wall ratio of nearly 4-1. to one. She's, she's great. She's going to be great at OU. I wish her nothing but the best. I hope she has a great season. I hope she's the best pitcher on the staff. But at the end of the day, I do hope she loses to Oklahoma State or at least does not go as far as Oklahoma State and has to wonder just a bit, had I stayed, could I have been a part of this anyway? And the, hopefully the answer to that question is yes. Oklahoma State still has a great team. There's a lot of stuff coming back to Oklahoma State. Uh, Lexi Kilfoyle, who by ERA standards is technically the best pitcher on the team last year. Kilfoyle had a 1-7 ERA. She was 16-5, and had the better record. She had more complete games, 11 to Maxwell's 9. She was only uh, three less innings of work, 139 to 142. And then when you look at opponent batting average, 188, not as good as Maxwell's 157, but still really good. The difference is... Kilfoyle is not really a strikeout pitcher. She still had 130. Freshman last year, Kyra Aycock will be a sophomore coming up. A great freshman season, 2.51 ERA, 1.28 WHIP. I didn't mention, but Kilfoyle had a .97 WHIP. She was nine and two as a starter. 95 innings pitched for her, 65 strikeouts. She's a big ground ball pitcher. Uh, opponents had a 2.64 batting average. So you return Kilfoyle, you return Acock, and you also have Ivy Rosenberry, who was a junior last year, who showed signs of improvement as the year went on. She had a 2.65 ERA, 1.35 WHIP. She was five and two as a starter. She had two complete games, 
Only pitched in 37 innings, so not a lot of work. But she did strike out 20. She had an opponent batting average of 263, which actually slightly better than uh, Acock even was at 264. So uh, it'll be a good staff. Will it be as good with with Maxwell? That'll be remain to be seen. But the staff's still going to be good next year. And I got to think that a couple more players are going to come into the program for Gajewski uh, to replace Maxwell. Also, Bailey Runner uh, transferred as well. Runner didn't see a lot of time, only four innings pitched for the Cowgirls last year. But she's also transferring or has transferred. Uh, Oklahoma State lost a bit. Rachel Becker graduated. Cheyenne Factor done. Kylie uh, Naomi done. Taylor Tuck done. Morgan Wynn done. But you've added some players as well. They brought in a catcher from Liberty in, in the transfer portal, Caroline Hudson. Macy Graff, the infielder, transferring from Mississippi State. And then uh, Jill Pullard, uh, the outfielder, transferring from McNeese State. So you've brought in a bit. You're going to have some recruits commit as well. And it's going to be another great year for Oklahoma State softball. The pitching will be fine without Maxwell. Will it be as good as Maxwell? I do not know. Is it good enough to still win a College World Series? Absolutely. But the coaching has to be better. The coaching was not good at the end of the season. It was not good. It, Especially during that stretch, it could have been a lot better. Again, I think they misused Maxwell. They should have trusted Kilfoyle more than they did. And they just it, just, it could have been better down the stretch. And for whatever reason, they couldn't figure out the offense. They've brought in a new pitching coach to bring some youth to the coaching staff, hiring their former ace, Kerry Eberly, who ironically pitched with Maxwell in 2021. Uh, Eberly, a two-time All-American with the Cowgirls, was there in 2020 and 2021. Uh, fantastic pitcher, .46 ERA in 2020, a 140 ERA in 2021. So obviously a great pitcher. We'll see if that translates to being a great pitching coach. And uh, she's going to get to work with some some really talented players, especially a young player. I'd love to see how she has an influence on Kyra Acock. And then some of the things that she can teach Kilfoyle, who, who has the experience, is a very talented pitcher. But there's always room for improvement. Kilfoyle will likely be the ace of the staff next year. So it's unfortunate that Maxwell is transferring, but... I'm still excited. Everyone should still be excited about what Oklahoma State softball has planned for 2024. And again, don't don't be mad at Maxwell. Don't be mad at Kelly. Don't think she's a traitor. Don't think this is some shot at Oklahoma State that she's upset at the program, and that's why she's transferring to OU. She's simply going to the place that's giving her the best opportunity to end her already great college career, and that is OU. If it was Florida, or if it was Florida State, or if it was Clemson, or UCLA, she'd have gone there. But she knows that if she wants to win a national championship, her best bet is to go to the team that has won five of the last seven, and that is the Sooners. And it sucks that as a Cowgirls fans, that's the place that it is. But don't, again, don't be mad at Maxwell. Thank her for what she did for the program. Thank her for putting them on the map for the last couple of years. Thank her for getting them to where they were the last couple of years, being one of the strong veteran leaderships of the team the last couple of years. But don't curse her for for going to OU. Wish her the best of luck. But again, hope we win. Hope that we kind of make her regret the decision a little bit. 
but I certainly don't fault her for the decision she made. Now I want to close out the podcast talking about something that isn't Oklahoma State news specifically, but is Oklahoma State adjacent, and it will likely affect the Big 12 and Oklahoma State as a team. Uh, And that is the news about Hunter Decker's Iowa State starting quarterback being charged with tampering uh, with ongoing sports gambling investigation involving Iowa State and Iowa. But the allegations against Deckers are are incredible. Uh, So looking at some of the stuff that he is being accused of or the investigation is looking into. Uh, He was 20 years old when he used the DraftKings, which is illegal in Iowa. He is accused of placing 366 mobile or online bets from his personal phone, totaling more than $2,799, including 297 bets when he was under the age of 21. According to the document, 26 wagers were placed on Iowa State University sporting events. One wager was placed on the 2021 Iowa State football game against Oklahoma State. Deckers, who won't play at all this season and will likely never play college football again, has put Iowa State in a bad spot. And Deckers isn't the only player that has been charged or caught doing this. He's just the biggest name on the people that have been mentioned. Uh, Dodge Saucer, Panera Johnson, uh, Garrett Christensen, Aaron Eulis, Aaron Bloom, all Iowa guys that have been had charges brought against them because of this. Without Deckers and with Iowa State just a month away from kickoff, this could have impacts where they're the worst team in in the Big 12. When you look at what's behind Deckers, Rocco Beck, a redshirt freshman, J.J. Cole, a true freshman, Tanner Hughes, a junior who transferred in, and Wyatt Bohm, a freshman. So there's almost no experience behind Deckers. You're just a month away from the start of the season, and now you're scrambling to replace your starting quarterback, not to mention some of the other players that have been named and are going to be affected by this. And then you have the Iowa players as well. And something tells me these aren't the only two schools that have been involved in this. I mean, we've seen in the NFL what has happened with some of the players being caught, Calvin Ridley, uh, Jamison Williams, the big names, and it's becoming an issue, and they have no, there's no tolerance for this, because athletes cannot bet on sports and gambling work because it ruins the integrity. There is no tolerance when it comes to this because it ruins the integrity of the game and the partnership between Athletics and sports betting is going to deteriorate if this continues to happen because then you there's so many questions about games being fixed. I mean, people are already accusing the NFL of being rigged, having a script, and then you, you throw in all this other stuff going on, and now it's at the college level. And when you've got a guy like Deckers, it's one thing that walk-on kicker at Iowa that got caught. But Deckers was honorable big tw- all Big 12, uh, 3,000 yards, the the head and shoulders starting quarterback for the team, and now he gets caught doing this and is in, in serious trouble, and Iowa State will suffer serious consequences because of what his decision to do this. And if this spreads and this is affecting other college players, and I, I haven't even mentioned the stuff with the Alabama baseball coach that happened this last baseball season, 
where he had someone bet on a team because he used inside information about his starting pitcher not starting. So the landscape of betting on sports is or could be fragile at the moment. And as someone who lives in a state of Kansas who has legalized sports betting, and I'm someone who does bet on collegiate sports, on pro sports, it's not something I want to see fail because college athletes and pro athletes can't keep their hands out of it. College coaches can't keep their hands out of it because it's a big industry for sports betting. It works for the colleges and the NFL as well or the MLB or the NBA, whatever professional league you want to talk about. But if we continue to have stuff like this happen, it's going to deteriorate what could already be a fragile base for these two entities to exist next to each other. And as sports betting spreads, I mean, Kansas just got it within the last year. There's other states who have just gotten it recently as well. And trust me, college sports, the NFL, they want to have the partnership. So that's why, like I said, there is no tolerance. There will be no tolerance. You saw Calvin Ridley got a year's suspension. Jamison Williams got six months. Jamison Williams, who plays for the Lions, made a bet on something not related to the NFL in the parking lot of the Lions facility in his own car, got six games because of it. There's just no tolerance for anything remotely closely related to gambling and your attachment to either your collegiate sport or your professional sport. Now you add on the top that there's no tolerance, period, and these are games, Deckers, that he played in, that he participated in, that he was a part of, that he knew inside information on, and he's out there placing bets, 366 of them. That, that's, I, I haven't made 366 bets, and I do this legally. So, it's 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 in an interesting spot. It's in a weird place, and uh, I just hope that it doesn't make the the partnership between the two fail. I'm Matt Jordan. Thanks for listening to the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.